This is the Pro Hockey West Report. Pro Hockey West Report is brought to you by Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson. Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins. Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California. And Finlay Toyota in Las Vegas. Summer skates. Rep your favorite player or your own team with personalized shower shoes or koozies. Go to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates banner. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Find out how to go full Caesar. Visit Caesars.com for eligibility requirements. FedEx. Simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official shipping company of IcetimeHockeyWest.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Award-winning barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Visit us at JesseRay'sBarbecue.com. T-Mobile. Head to T-Mobile to see how you can lock in your rates forever and by the Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Pro Hockey West Report from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to another Thursday night, another episode, if you will, of the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you tonight from a beautiful Temecula, California Soaking up the sun, dealing with the heat. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh, um, doing everything from putting in batteries to uh, uh, checking out what's going on in the championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how was your day? Uh, it was fine. It was. <laughs> it was uh... liar. It was not. <laughs> well, but, but putting the battery thing aside, it's hot. Uh, hot, and I think it was hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, I think you're probably right. Are you right on that one? <laughs> but it's not Death Valley hot, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can be thankful for that. Well, as you know, I've been uh, working the California and, and, no, and no summer hibernation either. Apparently, yeah, no, that's not happening. No, not happening. Too much stuff going on. Last week we talked about the schedules uh, in the American Hockey League Pacific Division, and uh, we tried to get through them. And there was just way more information than we could possibly even. Uh, tip of the iceberg type stuff, right? That's about all we got done. Iceberg would be great right about now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want me to book you a trip to Alaska? <laughs> it probably it probably melt really fast if it got here. <laughs> uh, let me tell you about my travels through Ontario and Temecula. It has been one thing after another trying to find Ontario, some. by the way? Oh, okay. Don't go there. Anyway. Um, we so... love our friends in Ontario. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't badmouth anybody, but you know what? We had a hard time finding Even ice. Arizona? Uh, we had a hard time finding ice. <laughs> we had a harder time finding a refrigerator in a room that would stay cold. Um, but we're getting there. Uh, tomorrow we will depart for Bakersfield. It'll be an eight day oh, stay in well, Bakersfield, oh, California. Well, oh, well, you'll be living the high life there in Bakersfield. Yeah. I figured that. I figured you're going to say that. You've been there. You've been, been to there. Mechanics Bank Arena. I've been there. Um, a very you've been place. everywhere, man. Been, you've no, been... no, you've been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been to a few places. You're the one that gets to do all the traveling. <laughs> so far. That's changing, my friend. That oh, is changing, my friend. I know. I can't wait to get Marshall on the road going big, big time here. In the yeah, city. get that passport. We got a couple Canadian cities for you. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I got to go to Iowa, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. When were you thinking about Iowa? October, right? When there's no snow? Yeah, that, that's a good time to go. <laughs> Figured that would be about it. So anyway, as we digress, uh, so last week it was talk about the schedules, and we touched a little bit about the coaches and the changes. And so I thought tonight what we should do is start off with uh, – talking a little bit about the new coaches and the old coaches and just familiarizing everybody in the Pacific Division about what's going on with the new coaches and new places. I don't remember, Stephen, that we've ever had this much coaching change in one year. You think back at it a minute. Do you remember, what, four coaching changes in one year? No, it it does seem to be a bit unusual, and 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 that's just in the Pacific Division. I I even right, think if yeah. you extend, extend it out into into the whole AHL as a as a whole whole. There's even a few more uh, coaching changes. So, um, uh, so that there's quite a few of them certainly this year. But uh, but yeah, for the purposes of the Pacific Division, there is uh, there is quite a bit. Almost half the there's ten teams in the division, and uh, four of them had changes. So that's if I do my math correctly, that's forty uh, percent. Nice, nice job, Stephen Marsh doing, <laughs> doing math on the My air. Brain still works in the summer. <laughs> I love it. I love Hasn't it. gotten too fried yet from all this sun. Uh, <laughs> I hear you. So anyway, the latest hire, and I believe the final one for the Pacific Division, is Trent Cull, the uh, the new head coach at uh, Calgary. And since I'm struggling with my internet at the moment. Can you fill us in on Trent Cullen, what he's going to bring to the Calgary Wranglers? Boy, did I put you in the spot. <laughs> you did. I didn't even know that they had hired somebody. Yeah, Trent, Trent Cull is their new guy. Uh, I had the website up. It crashed, and uh, I, I don't know anything about Trent at the moment. Well, we'll see if I can get it up. But <laughs> so anyway, you, you work on that, and uh, I'll say that we do have uh, other coaches obviously we talked about that we've got a new one in uh, san diego we have a new one in henderson we have a new one uh in colorado um now you think about that Stephen. there's some pretty prominent teams calgary colorado henderson those are teams that um that like to make an appearance in playoff time and uh now with new coaches it's going to be kind of interesting Yeah, I mean it's it's really uh, going to be interesting that 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 happens. Okay, I found the information about uh, Calgary's coach, so we can talk about that real quick, uh, or not real quick. We will talk about it here for a minute. Um, yeah, Trent Cole, as you mentioned, he comes. He was the he's forty nine years old, so he's still pretty young in regards to uh, coaching things. He was the uh, twenty seventeen. He was the head coach of the Utica Comets, um, and then in then he remained with the AHL team when it relocated as the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, he, he led the team to the playoffs in their inaugural campaign. And the following season, he was promoted to assistant coach with Vancouver under Bruce Brudrow. So he's, he had that going for him. And he says he's a, he's a Georgetown, Ontario native, he's played 10 seasons in the AHL and the IHL with St. John's, Houston, Springfield, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and Syracuse, uh, 107 points. And 1,629 penalty minutes over 618 games as a, a professional. Uh, he says, I'm very excited to join the Flames organization and just as excited about making the move to such an amazing city. Said Cole, the immediate success of the Wranglers shows Calgary's passion for hockey and the Flames. 
We have great young prospects who know this. There is an opportunity here, and I look forward to helping them along their path to the NHL. So, Okay, so, you know, the common theme that I'm seeing uh, with these hires is a lot of guys that were former players um, in the AHL or ECHL or NHL, but former players um, bringing that experience to the bench. So when when we look at that, um, is that just uh, happenstance right now, or is that actually something that that coaches that the teams are looking at? Um, they got to go find somebody that's that's played the game and, and knows if they're going to teach it. No, I I think I think it's something that teams are looking for. It it does seem like the best. You know, the AHL is such a it's such a unique league because. Uh, you know, it's the league. It's the one, the league lower than the NHL. One league lower than the NHL. But it's such an important league because it's a lot of developing happens. There. Sure, it happens at the ECHL level, and there's other factors too. But the AHL is really where they can. It's almost like a make it or break it. You get in there and you you work hard. You maybe get you can get an opportunity. You're you're that close to being an NHL player, or you find out that maybe you're not quite there and you either stay in AHL or you you just you know you don't really make get an opportunity or maybe you get an opportunity with another team so I think it's very important for a coach to come in that has experience of playing at the AHL because there's so many different things you're you're dealing with you're you're dealing with ever-changing rosters even within the season when whether it be call-ups or injuries you're setting players down players getting coming up so there's so much with that plus the nature of playing in the AHL, having to deal with maybe you, you got sent up, you got sent, you maybe you got sent down, or maybe you, you you didn't get the call up that another player. So there's a lot of factors there. And I think as as people as these coaches that have played in the AHL know, they know how that, that can be. So it's it's very uh it's very important for that to be the case. And I think I think it's important for these organizations to have guys in there too because they want these teams to be successful at the AHL level. Yes, it's about development, but it's also about winning. And, and a good way for players to develop is to be in situations where they can play high stakes. Playoffs, for example, making deep playoff runs, or having games that really can mean a lot uh, for a player in that development. So um, I think it's important. I mean, and, and to have coaches. And it's important for these guys that maybe don't have – a ton of experience coaching, but they have played a lot in the AHL. They can; it's an opportunity for them to to work out some things and see if they want to maybe pursue a coaching coaching uh, realm for a long period of time. So, I mean, it's such a different thing, but yeah, yeah. It, it's important. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I would say that uh, when we travel over to Colorado and we see uh, Aaron Schneekloff. Um, who spent you know ten seasons on the uh, Eagles coaching staff, won two championships as an ECHL head coach. Um, the other thing, and I think you brought this up when when you were just elaborating there a little bit, but um, when you're coaching these guys, you're you're absolutely correct. You're, you're there to develop players for the uh, for the big club, the NHL club, but you're also responsible for trying to win because um, the, these guys get paid money. And uh, teams like to have the seats full. Certainly in Colorado, I know in Henderson, uh, all of the places that we're talking about like to have the seats full. But so you got this fine line, right? That you have to juggle. You have to juggle 
giving guys the playing time that they need to, and yet you still got to put a roster out there that can win hockey games or you might lose your fan base. And um, it's hard. It's hard at the AHL level if you don't have a decent fan base and you're not selling product and things like that. I mean, just look at Coachella Valley this year. They they had a sensational year, not only selling tickets, but also selling merchandise. And that really adds up to the bottom line. So um, Aaron Schneekloff, as I mentioned, uh, in Colorado now, that announcement was made earlier this month on July 6th. He's had uh, a lot of experience with the Eagles um, when they were ECHL and then, of course, when they were AHL. He's very, very familiar with the Avalanche um, organization. And uh, more importantly, though, he's been around that Loveland, Colorado area. So the uh, the Northern Colorado people are very familiar with Aaron, and I would be shocked if he doesn't uh, just kind of pick up where Greg Cronin left off. And, of course, Greg Cronin moved on to take a head coaching job um, with the Anaheim Ducks just down the street from me. Well, 65 miles now, but... <laughs> Somewhere down the street. Anyway, so Aaron Schneekloth, the guy uh, defenseman um, when he played, and um, an outstanding one, by the way, and now at the reins of the Eagles. So we got Calgary. We got Colorado. Henderson, you were there for a press conference. We haven't got the feature up yet, but we've got some great stuff that you turned in from that. Um, So tell us about Ryan Craig and what he's going to bring to the Henderson roster. Well, Ryan Craig, you know, he's a guy that, well, for one, he's been in the Golden Knights organization since uh, season one as an assistant coach with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Six seasons, as I mentioned, uh, with three different coaches, NHL head coaches there. Now, of course, has a Stanley Cup. So I think there's there's that experience of, of being an assistant coach at an NHL level, but also he's a he's an AHL player himself. He was uh, he's had he had quite the career. Uh, with that, and he's been a captain of several AHL teams during his time. Of course, he retired from playing and went right to the coaching thing, and and he wants to be an an NHL coach someday. So, um, you know, he's he's been in the, uh, you know, he's been in, like I said, he's been a captain of several different AHL teams and and uh, 711 American Hockey League games in his career, uh, captain on nine different teams, including the 2015-16. Calder Cup champion Lake Erie Monsters. Uh, so he's he's been and he's played 198 NHL games as well. 14 year professional career. So uh, before that, of course, was with uh, the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, of course, where McCribbin had ties to, which is where the relationship I think started there and stuff. So and but yeah, he's he's a guy that knows this organization well and and gets an opportunity to work with these guys in Henderson. A lot of them where he'll be. He is familiar with whether they were called up to the Golden Knights at one time, or, or he was at, around them during development camps when he was helping run that. Today, this year, he had a little bit more of an involved role with that, being the the head coach now for for Henderson. But um, it's exciting for him because he stays in the same city. He gets an he gets now a head coaching gig. It might be a little bit unusual because you're going from being an NHL assistant now you're going may may see it as a downward thing to the AHL, but a head coaching thing, it's it's a big difference being a head coach than being an assistant coach. And and I think now he's gonna be a head coach at the AHL level and you know, and I think that's gonna only help him and what he wants to get to maybe being an, an NHL 
coaching. And who knows the way the circles in the uh, NHL world, maybe it's with the Golden Knights in a couple of seasons. If they, <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Cassidy is throwing Bruce darts Cassidy, at your picture right now, by the Bruce way. Bruce Cassidy is done well in his first season wins the stanley cup but we know the track record here that things don't go so well <laughs> the well hold on a minute hold on a minute now he, he just won a stanley cup for the vegas golden knights he's got a little leeway that track record nobody else won the cup um there was a there was a coach that got the team to the final but never won the cup until hey, bruce I, Cassidy. so I, I think he's got a little little leeway well, I, I, I think people hope so. I think he's he's done a great job so far. Obviously, I'm not saying that he should lose his job, or I'm not saying anything. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying you you never know how. I the, know. The NHL, I know how it goes. The coaching circle in the NHL has become quite interesting these days. It just seems like you know three years, four years. There's changes being made all the time, and so you just never know. Hopefully, <laughs> that's not the case. Hopefully, Cassie's here for a long time. But he might be there for a before. decade. We said that about. Bergalon. Of course, they didn't bring him a Stanley Cup like Cassidy's done in his first year, so that helps. But, but you never know. Maybe four or five years from now, or maybe if Craig will get an opportunity somewhere else. I mean, there's there's a, you know, there's there's opportunities there. But for right now, now the now the Vegas fans are throwing darts at you. I hope your picture's not up anywhere because it's going to be full of darts. <laughs> I thought I'm in summer hibernation. I'm not, not up anywhere. I think I think there's there's a. I don't think he had much left he could do with the Golden Knights in that role as an assistant coach. I think being there six years, he's been through, you know, get now getting a cup, uh, achieving that. I think this was the next step for him was to try to get some sort of a baby head coaching gig. Um, certainly probably would want to be in NHL, but this is a good opportunity now for him to get, uh, you know, he's still pretty young too. He's only in his forties. So he's still got a lot of time left and now he gets a chance to be with the, the AHL club. And, uh, and stay in the same city, which is which is great. And he talked about that during his press conference. How, you know, this is the longest he's been in his hockey career, and 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 that it's exciting for that that he gets to stay here in Henderson with his fam. You know, him and his family get to stay here and and have this have this uh, position. So, um, I think that's exciting. I think the players are excited for it. Um, I think it, the organization's excited for it, and I think the fans will be excited for it. That it's going to be a familiar face. Uh, behind the bench and i think it's just going to revitalize what hopefully is going to be a good season i mean looking at we're going to get to the later in the show some of the additions they've made since craig's hiring or since uh or since the off season has happened i think is really can show a lot of uh promise for the upcoming season in henderson and what they wanted to accomplish which is obviously make the playoffs which is something they didn't get to do last year and, and build on that yeah, good stuff. Um, so the final no darts new being coach. Thrown, no darts being thrown my way. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's hibernating, folks. Don't bother him. Uh, anyway, uh, it, San Don't Diego find was... Don't me a- at the ballpark on Saturday and, <laughs> and get at me when I'm not... Yeah. Okay, I got to ask you something about that in the middle. I'll do it right now. What in the world's going on with Jesse Granger and Ken Bolke? Are they vacationing together now too and breaking stories? Because I see one breaking a story and one saying I can't confirm, and they are always in the same spot. What's the deal? Are they on vacation together and they didn't invite you? Yeah, they didn't invite me exactly. <laughs> okay, that's pretty hilarious. Good stuff, guys. A uh, little shout out to those see, two. Doing a little summer hibernating right now in Chicago, so <laughs> I guess so. So anyway, anyway, uh, the first team to hire a new coach in the Pacific Division was the San Diego Gulls. 
after, of course, the retirement of their longtime coach. Uh, I almost called him Glenn Summer. <laughs> Summer. Not, not, not their longtime coach, but a long, a time, long time coach. A long time yeah. coach in the league. Yeah. Spent all those years with San Jose. Yeah. Took the job. In, in Roy Jose. Summer, of course, is who Roy, I'm talking yeah, about. Roy Summer, yeah. Uh, and, and Roy uh, decided to retire. And uh, the on this May 11th, time I think he means it this time. Yeah, I think he does too. I think he does too. May 11th, the uh, the Gulls made the decision to hire Matt McIlvain. Uh, I think it's McIlvain, and um, I'll check on that. I got to do that. I call AJ and, and find out for sure. Um, but anyway, um, he jumped in both feet in the water. How do you like that for a San Diego analogy? Um, he I'm, said he I was ex- good right about now. <laughs> yeah, he said he was extremely humbled to be the fifth head coach of the San Diego Gulls, and uh, you know what? He went right out and and addressed uh, the fans and told them that he's excited about what they're going to do and what this team is going to be like and the vision that he has for the group moving forwards. And you know, uh, again, another another young man, relatively young man, who's been around and uh, done some coaching and done some developing. Um, <laughs> it's classic. Uh, lightheartedly, they refer to him as the international man of winning. How's that? Would you like to be called the international man of winning? I would have liked to have been known as the international man of winning a Powerball worth a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, you didn't win that. That was one in California, and it wasn't me. Anyway. Um, it tells me if you, if, you, if you had won that billion dollars, we wouldn't be doing a show today. I would have called in sick tonight. <laughs> yeah, you would have called in sick. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, he coached uh, in, the, um, in the ice hockey league. With the uh, Red Bull Salzburg squad, I believe he coached a guy that I'm familiar with, and Ryan Duncan. I will have to double check him with him on that one. But um, they won back to back championships 21, 22, and 22, 23. Um, he was an assistant coach as well, worked over there. We talked about this uh, in a while, and he's really a development guy, really, really good at developing it, very positive. I think you're going to find uh, the Ducks to be much improved this year. And here's the thing. He's a good fit for the guys that are coming in. There are some really young, talented players. You know, I was at Ducks Development Camp. Um, I thought Olin, Olin Zellweger was uh, the, the best guy in camp. I, I don't think it was even close. And they had the number two pick, by the way, in uh, Leo Carlson. And Leo Carlson, yeah. He, he probably will start on the AHL team. And uh, he did sign his contract. So um, he will be in Southern California. But anyway, the uh, the interesting part of McIlvain is that he, um, I think, is going to really be able to reach the young players, the young, talented players on that San Diego Gulls roster. And if he can do that, that should turn into some instant success, which I think would be extremely important in a very competitive Pacific Division. And I think, Stephen, I think we're very fortunate that we cover the Pacific Division, at least this time um, in history, because there's a lot of talent. I mean, a lot of talent out here in the West, and uh, we will get a chance to see it all this season. Yeah, that was the other thing I wanted to mention too was about the the age and uh, and yes, even though age is just a number, as people say, it's uh, it's, it's it means something in some case. So, uh, you know, and and the fact that these guys are a little bit younger uh, that are getting these jobs. Not saying that it's it's a case across the board. I mean, there's there's different ranges, but I think the fact that some of these guys that are getting opportunities right now are 
are just out of playing or they've had a few years of out of playing and they're still pretty young and they're getting an opportunity to coach. I think there's an importance in that. Now I'm not saying that McIlvain is, is coached a, a while before he's come here, but, and Craig is, as I said, coached in, in, Hen- or in uh, Vegas for a bit, but uh, some of these other guys coming in and are, are pretty young still? And I think that's important because when, you, when you're trying to, uh, a lot of these players are still pretty young, you know, whether they're be they're in their twenties, a lot, obviously, a lot of them, or even younger than that. Um, I think it's important to have a, a guy that can connect with them like that, that's maybe not too far removed generationally uh, from some of these guys and the way they, the game is, and the way they, they, they can connect with them on on that level. And I think there's something to be said for that. And I think for an organization like San Diego and for the Ducks organization, but particularly for San Diego, when they want to get back to develop, you know, not that they weren't getting away from that, but get back to, you know, get it really getting on these development path and contending for, you know, playoffs and, and going make all that, having a guy like that at that, at that age can be, uh, can be good. Uh, same with Ryan Craig and Henderson for what they want to get done. And, and uh, and Sleekoff, you know that's a different circumstance, but you know I think he's still pretty young too, even though he's he's coached a bit and his, you know that's it, it's interesting because all all three of the and even Calgary one, it's it's all four of it, it's not all, and that's what makes kind of the AHL so unique in in this regard. It's it's not an all all the stories are not the same. There's all these different. Yeah, and facets of how things come to be. How these I, I would dare shown. say, Stephen, that that the, none of them are the same. None of them are the same. <laughs> All four of the ch- changes are such different. Not only that, such there's, there's different circumstances behind each one. You got we talked about it before, but and we'll do this real quick. But Colorado, they they a guy that's been with the organization. He's been a head coach. Then he was an assistant coach. Now he's a head coach. Assistant head coach at the at the league lower, the ECHL. Won a couple of championships there. Then they get the the team gets promoted to the AHL. He becomes an assistant to a guy they bring in, Cronin. And Cronin has some good skills. He gets off. Now, you know, he comes in. So that's a different I mean <laughs> that's a different circumstance. Craig we talked about going from being the assistant on the Vegas Golden Knights, the NHL club, then getting the opportunity to now go down and be the head coach in Henderson coming off a Stanley Cup championship. And then McIlvain coming from his background and in the Calgary situation being uh, AHL coach before, then then going up and being with Boudreaux. Now he's coming back down and, and getting this opportunity to coach at the AHL again. So four different kind of dif- uh, different ways that we've gotten to these positions being filled, uh, which is what makes the AHL so so crazy but makes it so fascinating and intriguing <laughs> and interesting <laughs> and, and for what we like to do so many storylines and, and yes it, it, and we can say the same about how players and teams get fu- functioned and, and everything and not functioned but they get built and 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 move and we talked about that too how how those teams change almost every season it's teams are changing so much with their personnel um it's, so so here's my question to you can you name the six remaining coaches the guys that are still here in the AHL. So while you try to figure that one out, I'll tell you that Steve Podfin is now quickly becoming one of the old guys as <laughs> the tenured coaches, as he's been around a little while, obviously with the Coyotes organization. And, and he, was, uh, he was the head coach, and then he got, I guess you want yep. to call it demoted or reassigned as the assistant. Reassigned, I think, is a better word because reassigned. they didn't want to lose him. And then and then now, he gets, now he's a coach again for the last few years. So 
You know, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the, at this list. <laughs> I mean, Colin Shock, he's only been the head coach for a few couple of seasons. He he was promoted once. Um, Edmonton Woodcroft was promoted up to Edmonton. Um, Marco Sturm, uh, or Strom, I think Sturm, right? And he's only been there a, a few years. Um, at Ontario. Ontario. And and, and your he first came, one. He came from LA, and then who? Bakersfield, correct? Bakersfield, yeah. Colin Shock, yep. Yep. And then Potvin, you mentioned, and Abbotsford has only been around a couple of years, but Colleton uh, is in there, and of course he's been an AHL guy, and then he was an NHL guy and a coach, and then now he's an AHL coach again. Bosma, of course, this is be his second season with Coachella, and then their second season, and uh, and then um, and then San Jose's coach is only two years in McCarthy. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to get Potvin on and tell me he's the old man. He'll love it, and and he's a young guy still too, <laughs> McCarthy, and. And he's come from being a player all in, in in that San Jose organization for all these and now and now he's the head man in in San Jose Barracuda for the last couple of seasons. So it's, so so safe to say, new young blood is driving the success of the Pacific Division, correct? Yeah, it seems to be that that way. So uh, that should be good for you and make you feel youthful as you. Uh, Make your way around. Oh, yeah, I'm younger than all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not so funny, by the way. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's the, the, the... I mean, McCarthy's only 36 years old. He might be the youngest of them all. No, no McIlvain no. is 33. Oh, and, and Colleton. I don't know how old Colleton is. Colleton's, I think, only in his 30s. Jeremy Colleton. I don't have to look that yeah. up now. So, so anyway, uh, the, my my point being in bringing this out tonight was to not only... 38, so... Okay. So, so basically, we introduce the new coaches along with the old coaches, and none of them are very old because uh, all of them have only been in their spots. I think three years might be the max for anybody. Um, so it, it's pretty interesting that there's so much success out here in the West um, with um, with young coaches. But anyway, I just wanted to get that into the show tonight because we haven't had much time to talk about it, and I thought – you know, we really have to discuss at least the new guys coming in, kind of familiarize people here in the Pacific Division about who these new coaches are. And uh, you'll see them behind the bench, and you'll see what they're doing. You'll see their style. You'll see the way they put their guys out on the ice and how they um, select their rosters and who, who will be on the ice. And, and then the, and then some of the assistant coaches, I'm sure, will, will change. But let me mention this, too, because and this is kind of close with the dichotomy of how these things work sometimes, especially in the Vegas side of things. Then Joel Ward, who was the assistant in Henderson under Beaveros for the three seasons there, he's now that there, there was a vacancy in, in assistant coaching position with Craig taking the head coaching job in Henderson. Of course, there's a second assistant coaching vacancy in Vegas now with Misha Donskov not being with the organization anymore going forward. Um, they promoted Joel Ward. Uh, to be an assistant coach now in Vegas, so Joel Ward is now going to be an assistant coach. <laughs> what goes Vegas around comes Cassidy, around. Along with a, with Ducharme, who came from Montreal most recently, his coaching tenure there with uh, the, the Canadians. Uh, but still, so that, so again, there's another example of Joel Ward. He, he he was fresh out of the game, three years as an assistant with Henderson's. You know, from this from the inaugural season, being under Viveros and and Jamie Hewitt, who's still going to be with Henderson. It seems like. Um, and then now he takes basically, I don't feel take Craig's spot basically, but basically he, I don't know what his role will be and what, you know, different from what Craig's role was in the system, but he's basically going, now he's going up to the NHL's assistant 
with Cassidy as Craig is leaves his assistant position and comes to be head coach in Henderson. So, so, so basically, uh, what we're seeing. There will be a test on all this later, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Well, what we're finding is that uh, these teams, these organizations, these NHL clubs, really want unity uh, in their AHL team, and that's what we're kind of highlighting here with the coaches is they're trying to bring everybody together and run one system well, and, and make it, it seamless. Too. I mean, we talk so much about players getting opportunities with their, uh, with the NHL, you know, with developing and trying to get maybe eventually an opportunity with the club that they're with or wherever, but that's going to be the same with, with coaches and, and broadcasters, you know, how many times do we see AHL broadcasters get eventually get NHL gigs somewhere, whether it's that, that team that they've been working with that organization or whether it's another opportunity elsewhere. So that it's a developmental league across all fronts, players, coaches, maybe equipment people, and then office, you know, front office people. And then, and then it's also uh, for broadcasters too. So that, that's, uh, that's the, the whole, the whole gamut of it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's uh, dig into the guys that are moving around with new addresses, not only in the AHL, but the NHL, because Teams have really, really been fluctuating a What's your lot. Address, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> I fit that. I fit that need, don't I? <laughs> What's your address? I move be around. This just... <laughs> Somebody asked me that today. They said, uh, "What's your address?" I said, um, "I don't know. I really don't know what it is. I'll, I'll get back to you." Anyway, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back and talk player movement in just a couple minutes. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, 
Call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. From ITHSW Podcasts, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. Indeed it is the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Temecula, California. Before I venture up to Bakersfield for eight days, do a little uh, prospecting and client visiting and all of that good stuff. My co-host is always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from that beautiful, vibrant championship city, which is Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, you've been staying off that uh, race course uh, for the Formula One, or you've been kind of testing it out every now and then? Oh no no! I stay away from <laughs> I stay away from that. Uh, I thought maybe you were just testing it out to see what it was like to race down that Formula One track. Well, for one, I don't think you have that kind of uh, <laughs> space to do that because of all the cars that might be down there on a on a day, uh, and they continue to work on it, so it's even more jammed up than normal. So racing on it is not even possible unless the police were to close it down and let me have my own time with it, but. That ain't gonna happen. I'm not like I'm not like you. We get police escorts everywhere they go. Okay, something like that. <laughs> anyway, so you did some digging. You found us uh, courtesy of NHL.com. You found the free agent tracker, and uh, when you look that up, and I've been looking at it a little bit now, and um, goodness gracious, what a lot of movement! I don't know if this is a if this is a what's the right word common or if this seems more because we're focusing on it more, but boy, does it seem like there's a lot of guys playing on new teams in new addresses? Sure. It, it does seem that way. And I mean, I, I look at, I look at the, uh, the ducks, you know, they have some new players. They've some re-signed some players and, uh, Arizona's got a bunch of, uh, updates and stuff too with with players and and uh yeah i mean it it does seem like it's been busy for the uh for the off season of course a lot of this is nhl stuff but a lot of these some of these guys these ufas and and other stuff i believe is is ahl uh or ahl guys as well not all of them are are nhl guys some of these free agents and rfas and stuff but um it does seem like it's it's that way um for sure. Okay, so let's start with the Ducks. Anybody that jumps out yeah, there, because there's two players that I see that kind of jump out at me when I look at it. Actually, maybe three. But when you look at that, are there a couple players that you see there that you go like, holy cow, uh, this could really help them? Well, I think the signing of Carlson, their their number two draft pick, will be helpful. I'm sure he's going to probably uh, he'll probably start off in San Diego and, and maybe we'll get an opportunity right away um, or fairly soon to get on the NHL club. Um, but, I mean, they re-signed Lucas, Lucas uh, Dostal, and, uh, Dostal, and, you know, there's some question marks about what the goaltending situation is going to be like in Anaheim because uh, John Gibson is this, is there at the moment, but he wants out of there. And it, I, and you wonder what's going to happen with that. And, and uh, you know, he's been with them for a while. And, and Dostal has been with San Diego, and he's been up there at the Ducks as well at times. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what how that does and how that impacts San Diego. And but uh, of course, Zegras is 
is still a restricted free agent. I don't believe that's been ironed out yet. Um, you know, some arbitration stuff has come up with some of these guys, but uh, Troy Terry is still a restricted free agent. He hasn't been uh, re-signed yet. So. Well, let me tell you what caught my eye. How about bringing in a two-time Stanley Cup champion from the Tampa Bay Lightning in one Alex Kalorn and signing him to a four-year deal, which means he's going to be a big piece in uh, in helping out uh, these young guys that are coming in to Anaheim. So I'm looking forward to that. They've put a big investment into him. Um, that's uh, That was one that jumped right out at me because I'm going like, okay, this this means they, they're serious. And then the beard, Radko Gudis. Well, Gudis, yeah, I saw him up close and personal, <laughs> or from, at least from up on Light Deck, which is where the auxiliary media section was for the Stanley Cup final. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, he he's, was with the Florida Panthers, of course, and had three assists in 21 Stanley Cup playoff games this past season. So uh, he's, a, he's a good player, too, and so he's now going to be with the Ducks. So that's 33-year-old stabilizing defenseman. That one can't hurt. No. No, and the beard is, is pretty good, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's take a quick look. I know we don't dig into the Coyotes a whole bunch, but um, our opportunity to look at them, the, the one that jumped out at me right off the get-go, uh, Jason Zucker signed in a one-year $5.3 million deal. Cash it in, man. He's cashing it in. <laughs> and he loves being closer to home. If he couldn't have signed with the Coyote or with the uh, Golden Knights, he surely would have uh, wanted to be as close as he can, and five point three million at the end of your career—that is a payday. You say at the end of his career, and I and, and I brought this up with somebody, and, and uh, he's only thirty-one years old, so he's he's not like he's at the last two two or three years of his career. But um, you know, he's he's had he had forty-eight points last season with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So he says, um, you know, he. he he said when he was signed, he said, that's a good feeling for any player in this league, knowing that a team wants you. Uh, the Coyotes obviously wanted him, gave him all that money, which they have plenty to go around supposedly in Arizona. <laughs> Cause uh, they're, they're, not to worry. They've, they've climbed, they, they've they, climbed up over the floor. Yes. They're now on the dance floor. Yes. And <laughs> he said, for me being the other side, a little bit selfishly, I love the West coast being a Las Vegas kid. I love the West coast. I love the desert. And, and boy, Arizona's getting plenty of uh, desert right now with the with the weather they've been having. Uh, triple, uh, triple Heat one and monsoons. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched the Coyotes a ton growing up because I was playing all throughout the West Coast, so I got to see them a lot. Selfishly, I always loved the Kachina jerseys. Uh, those things are unbelievable. Just from that side of it, it's great. But a lot of it had to do with how badly they wanted me to be a part of this organization, and that's a good feeling to have. Uh, what you don't re- see in this quotes is uh, how excited he is to play at Molot Arena this upcoming season. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, good for him. You know, I, I like Jason. He's a he's a good guy, and uh, happy for him to be able to, to cash in a little bit. Uh, another guy that cashed in in a three year contract, young Matthias Maselli, um, got himself a three year deal. I believe it's a little over three million a year, but um, stays with the Coyotes organization. Um, and then one other one that that got me. Um, and you know, I've seen this guy, uh, from his days back in Stockton, Justin Kirkland, as we used to say, uh, Costco, Costco, yeah, good old Kirkland. Costco gets a one-year contract and this might be a good opportunity for Justin because he's a very solid AHL player. And if he gets a chance to, uh, to make his name in the NHL, a lot like Michael Carcone, it was, a, uh, yeah, it's a that two- could be a, that could be good. A two-year contract for him, one-year two-way contract. Um, so. 
he played with San Diego last season, 32 games for the goals, uh, 18 points. Uh, he also played seven games with the Ducks last season, so he has some good experience there from last season. So this is a, a good pickup for the for the uh, Coyotes. Of course, they don't talk about the, uh, the the contact the club policy in terms of the contracts are not disclosed. But but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's good good pickup for the Coyotes. And let me throw out a couple of names and then we'll move on from the Coyotes. But uh, a couple of guys that aren't signed yet. Restricted free agents, Jan Unique and uh, Jack McBain, both really, really good um, centermen, and uh, well, I should say just forwards. They can they can play all the way around, but it'll be interesting if the Coyotes can get them signed uh, as restricted free agents. And Laurent Dufon, who's been in the program for a long time, the organization a long time, an unrestricted free agent, still not signed either. So. That will be interesting to see what the Coyotes do uh, moving on. And they also, we want to mention this, they re-signed Pros, uh, Prospetov, uh, the goaltender. Uh, Maselli is re-signed. He's got a three-year contract with the Coyotes. Uh, they also re-signed uh, Nathan Smith. Uh, so he, those guys should be, those guys will be sticking around in the organization going forward here. So uh, will Prospetov be at the NHL club or will he be back down in Tucson? Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that, but but you know those guys are. Go- they did lose uh, uh, Imama, who's now signed in the Ottawa organization. Uh, they lost. When everybody in the AHL Pacific Division was happy yes. to see him go, he <laughs> yeah. was a tough fight oh, every man. night they, uh, that he dropped the gloves. Yeah, he's been around a bit too. I think he's been around a bit. I think I remember him from the days, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, he's been around a little bit. And and uh, Calgary signed a few players or re-signed a few players. Uh, Dryden Hunt, who had a big uh, role with the Wranglers. Um, uh, let's see who else did I see? Oh, Colton Pullman, the good East Grand Forks, Minnesota kid. <laughs> I had to throw yeah. that out there. <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the, the uh, Arizona or the uh, Minnesota stuff. Yep. Yeah, have to have that. Can't can't go along without that. Martin Jones, uh, not Martin Jones. Um, Ben Jones, uh, ben Jones ben yes, Jones. Ben. Yes, they've, they've ben resigned as well, and that's a great that's great for Calgary. I think that's great for for the Wranglers to still have him around. Uh, he's a great player. I uh, loved watching him when he was with Henderson, and and uh, he's a great person as well. So it's uh, good to see that he'll be sticking around with with Calgary. So that may be a reason I have to go to Calgary. Of course, I could just wait till Calgary comes and plays here. Although I don't think Henderson <laughs> and Calgary play that much this year because we talked, which we talked about last week. So <laughs> the opportunities will be limited, but. But yeah, so that's that's. You guess you'd be making a trip to Calgary. Maybe we'll wait till December, January for that trip. And how about Trevor Lewis going <laughs> with the with the Kings? Yeah, well, we'll get there. Uh, the Avalanche uh, did a lot well, of I'm just signing. It shows on the it shows on the Calgary's UFAs oh. that, that Trevor Lewis was a UFA, but he signed with LA, so they lose him. And Milan Lucic, they lose him to to Boston, and so they they lose some guys, but. They got Troy Stetcher, as we mentioned, from or they lose Troy Stetcher to Arizona. Michael Stone retired, which is which is interesting. That's Mark Stone's uh, brother. If people don't know that Michael Stone, uh, is Mark Stone's brother, and he uh, is retired. He announced that uh, a little while ago, so um, he's no longer going to be playing. So the Calgary organization loses him to retirement. And how about the work the uh, the Colorado Avalanche have done? Uh, they they signed. Um, Miles Wood to a six-year deal, um, 27-year-old forward that can put up points. 
played with the Devils, uh, Stanley Cup playoff experience. Um, it's going to be a great fit for the Avalanche. Uh, in addition to that, um, they, they've signed Bo Byram again to a two-year contract. They, uh, they got Jonathan Druin from the, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, which uh, says something as well. Um, the, the pickup that I like, Lynn, this one's flying under the radar again, and here we go, Homer guy, Homer guy from Minnesota. They picked up Riley Tufty uh, as a, uh, uh, a forward, and I watched him play in Texas, and I watched him play at the University of Minnesota Duluth too. <laughs> See the connections here? <laughs> anyway, anyway, Riley is going to be a big, big addition, I think, to uh, to the Avalanche organization. Um, uh, uh, Anunan, they signed uh, Eustace uh, to a one-year deal. Um, Jack Johnson coming back. Eric Johnson retiring. So the Avalanche uh, making some moves, but um, really looking good. Uh, this one really, I thought, was maybe the tip of the iceberg formula. Another lightning player, Ross Colton. They resigned or they signed him to a four-year contract, 26 years old. They acquired him from, from the Tampa Bay on a trade in late June, and um, he avoided salary arbitration as a restricted free agent. It's a nice deal from the Avalanche, and, boy, he's just going to make that defensive core even better. Um, he, he's, he's solid. People are the uh, the books, the the bookies, so if you want to call them that, uh, the the casinos and the sports books have the uh, Avs to be the favorites to win the Stanley Cup, which is uh, su- which is a little surprising because you have the Golden Knights who are the defending champs, but yet they're not the ones that are the the favorites. It's the Avs again. I mean, the Avs have this high expectation of of doing well, and I think they would have done probably better last season, but they had so many injuries and they they didn't have. Uh, they didn't recover from them. Then they're not going to have McKinnon, right? He's going to be out for a whole season, I believe, if if I have that correct. Or, um, so. Well, that's what they're saying now. But boy, I I wouldn't I n- would never count him out. I mean, he's a he's a machine, a lot yeah, like Mark Stone last year. Who? Right? So. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, just thought we'd throw that one into the mix. But yeah, they have a lot of. I mean, still so, Sampo Ranta is. Still, uh, hasn't been nope, ironed nope. out yet. Sa- Sampo has gone overseas. He's oh, in Europe overseas. for a two-year contract. It's okay, so they haven't. Maybe this hasn't. Hopefully, maybe this is this hasn't been updated. I don't know if this, they keep this updated up to date or not. Oh, I guess July nineteenth. Yeah, yesterday was. I guess so. Uh, they keep this up to date, but but yeah. So yeah. So they lose him, and then uh, you know, and they they still got some other guys. They still got to try to iron out like uh, Houdon and and Kincaid and. You know, guys that have, we've seen on the, the Eagles, Evan Rodriguez, and oh no, Evan Rodriguez went to Florida, so they lose him. So um, some changes there, but yeah, they get some good. They got some good guys shirt up in the in Colorado, so good things ahead for them. Okay, let's move on to the Edmonton Oilers. Drake Kajula, another North Dakota University of North Dakota player, gets a two-year deal with the Oilers. Um, he'll be a good one. Um, <laughs> he he's he's just one of those guys. He's your glue guy, right? And they haven't made a whole bunch of moves. Um, they uh, they they look like a squad that feels like they're not that far away. And uh, they they found out that they were quite a ways away when Vegas got to them in the playoffs. But maybe they feel like their young guys are ready to step up. And of course, that would be guys coming from Bakersfield. Yeah, Bakersfield and and or Edmonton will be 
uh, interesting to watch because, of course, they've got two of the some of the greatest players on the planet, and yet they just they just something not fully th there with them the way they can come together. But um, yeah, Rodrigue uh, has signed, and Lavoie Lavoie has signed, so those are guys that have been around and stuff. But um, you know, they lose some guys like, and this doesn't show this. It, I guess maybe some of these it says UFAs if. If they haven't updated because I know Tyler Benson has signed with Vegas and, and the Silver Knights, so he, he's somebody that's going to be with them. So that's a big pickup for Henderson and a loss for them because uh, Tyler Benson was a great player. He certainly was great against Henderson in their history. So uh, he's going to be somebody that's going to be a big addition for the Henderson Silver Knights. But, uh, and, of course, Nick Bustad goes to Arizona and organization, so they lose him. So so let's move on to the Los Angeles Kings before we start running out of time here. Your thoughts on what the Kings have done this year because they've got a lot of loaded talent as well. Um, your thoughts on what they've put together? Yeah, I mean, they I mean, they have uh, Talbots. They, they're going to go in with Talbot, I think, in the goaltending core. They signed him to a one-year contract. Uh, we mentioned Lewis. One-year contract to get they stir up uh, Dolan or Anderson Dolan still uh, in England, uh, and you know all those guys and and then uh, they re-signed Fahimo and Madden. Well, well, let me tell you a couple guys that jumped out at me. Andreas England coming over from uh, from uh, I think he was at Calgary or not Calgary, Colorado, either last or um, Milwaukee last. But Andreas England is a heck of a defenseman. Um, he whether he's in Ontario or with the Kings, he is uh, another one of those really solid defensemen that can move the puck and also play very, very physical. Uh, it's interesting. They signed uh, David Riddich uh, in goal again, so where his role is going to be this year. The other one that caught me, Stephen, Mikhail Maltsev, who uh, was unbelievable for the Eagles, uh, is going to be playing this year either in Ontario or L.A., so that it's will be interesting. Two-way contract for him, so uh, he could play both places. So yeah, that'll be interesting. But the the Kings is going to be, and it seems to be a story of a lot of teams. But I think it's going to be the goaltending is going to be real interesting. Who's it going to? I mean, they're going in on they've signed Talbot, so I mean that's obviously that they're thinking Talbot's going to be the main guy. They had Corpus Salo last year, of course. They got him in the in the trade deadline when they traded away uh, Quick, and and they. Uh, and so Corpus Salo came, but now he's he's moved on to Ottawa. Uh, the other guy, Matt Velada, was a goaltender as well, I believe, in the organization, and he's he's signed with uh, Arizona. So they lose him, but they pick up. I said they picked up some other some other guys. So it's you know again the Kings will be. I think a lot of people have high expectations for the Kings as they, I think, had a a good year last year, and had a better year last year too so um, they're just i think they they want to shore up a couple of things and i think i think some of these moves they did will will go away to, to trying to do that okay so let's move up the uh pacific coast to san jose the sharks what are your thoughts with the sharks um i see they signed martin cott who again was another great player for um the colorado eagles and um and that usually happens they've got uh um, Strauss man, um, I believe is still going to be uh, an opportunity to play in net for them. When you look at the rest of them though, I mean, 
it, they're unknowns, aren't they? I mean, everybody you see there, pretty much an unknown and needs to prove themselves. So the Sharks and Slash Barracuda um, may, may need to do some team building. Yeah, it's it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, with the sharks and the barracuda. I mean, they lose they're gonna they lose um, or they re-sign Blackwood, Mackenzie Blackwood, and he's a he's a goaltender, so they'll have him. Um, Der- Derek Pouliot is now in Dallas. Uh, Strassman, yeah, he's still a, a free agent right now, unrestricted free agent. So uh, we'll see what happens. James Reimer goes to Detroit. So, uh, but as you said, they bring in some. They bring in, like I said, they bring in Blackwood and Carpenter. So it's going to be. I think it's still going to be interesting with the Sharks. I think they're still going to be a few years away from really being contending for anything. I think. I think they're just trying to figure out where they are as an organization and. And where they want to to be to be the one of the top tier teams in the in the uh, NHL uh, realm, so um, they have to make the moves that they do. And, and I think if you're a Barracuda, if you're an AHL player on the in the Sharks organization, I think maybe you have some more um, excitement, maybe, or of the potential to be with the the NHL club because I just think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. To, to get up positions in, with the NHL club uh, because it's, it's going to be a, a pretty young team, I think, still. Uh, they did fit, Like I said, they have signed some some veteran guys, but it does seem like overall it's still going to be a pretty youthful team. Okay, let's go to Seattle because the Kraken, um, I thought, made one of the most significant moves within their roster. A uh, guy that you'd be familiar with, and I am as well, uh, Edward uh, Pierre-Edward Belmar, Belmar um, gonna be with the Kraken. I thought he was glue for the Vegas Golden Knights how, first year or so. How about that? How about that? Is he gonna? He's gonna be in Vegas opening night when the uh, Golden Knights race the Stanley Cup. Bad. I wonder how he'll he'll feel that night. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he'll be with the Kraken. Um, they they got Will Borgen resigned, who another Minnesota kid who. Uh, uh, Really plays, and they needed to sign him. There's no doubt about it. Um, they have uh, a new deal with uh, visiting with him is Cole in got another out of track. So that's that's a cool thing. Whether he's in Coachella, whether he's in uh, it's a it's a really good thing. So uh, just to the last one, you know who that is. Well, for the Golden Knights organization, and that includes Henderson, of course, um, they've they're really uh, they're really loading up. And 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 let's talk about some of the guys that um, Henderson's team is going to look really different. Uh, well, first, let's talk about they've 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 got Howden locked up. Uh, they they avoid the arbitration with that, as uh, they they got that deal worked out. Dorfeyev also he's has signed a one-year contract with the Golden Knights. So um, more than likely, he, he'll probably get an opportunity to be on the, the NHL club when the season starts. But he's been such a great uh, – he was such a great player for, for Henderson and has really earned his opportunity with the Golden Knights. And when he got up there, had a great great showing there. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, 
Yuri Patera is still a RFA, but I would imagine they'll get that locked up. But um, really, the only guys that they uh, lost, uh, that T- Teddy Bluger from the you know they he, he signed with Vancouver, uh, Persuagos to Winnipeg, which you know it's a re- it's a reunion for him there. Um, you know, Jonathan Quick has gone to the Rangers, but uh, you know. About guys like uh, Maninin and and Marishev. Uh, from what I'm seeing, I think they're going to go back uh, overseas. So I, I don't think they're going to be uh, here next year in the organization. But uh, or I think they might be still can be part of the organization. But they're going to go back and play over there. Um, Connor Corcoran is still a UFA. He's mostly an AHL slash ECHL guy. But he, uh, although I, I thought I thought they locked him up. I have to look at that. Uh, Spencer Fu is another one, but. They've, they've been busy, too. And I was just looking at, at, at Henderson stuff. We talked about um, they've signed uh, Simone Pignard. They've signed Peter uh, Tisch. They have also have signed um, Tyler Benson, I mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, that's a big addition for the Silver Knights. Um, Tim Spelt said at Brian Craig's pre- press conference they wanted to get kind of a good uh, veteran uh, leadership uh, as well as young players. They've also signed uh, Hughes and Bourdain's to AHL deals. Um, but the big one, one of the big ones is, and the big storyline I think that's going to be kind of been interesting this offseason is Adam Cracknell, the ageless wonder, uh, is making his return to Las Vegas uh, this next season. Um, and I say that because Adam Cracknell started his, basically started his professional career uh, in the ECHL with the, uh, with the Las Vegas Wranglers. And, uh, and, of course, since then he's been the everywhere man. He seems like he's been everywhere within the AHL and even some in the NHL and, and most recently was with Tucson last season, but he's now going to be in Henderson with the silver Knights. And what's interesting about this is that Ryan Craig and Cracknell have played together <laughs> uh, before. So now Craig is going to be coaching Cracknell. Cracknell will be the guy on the ice, the coach on the ice, right? So, so he'll be kind of another, maybe a, another coach, but I mean, this is his 18th professional season and, you wonder how many more he's got left in him. If 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 a lot, this may be the final stop. So it's kind of uh, full circle. Yeah, I would say is, if but... he plays two more years, that might be it. Uh, Twenty year career in AHL or NHL so. is a heck of a career, and I can tell you from what he did to Tucson last year, he is a uh, leader by example. He's a leader on the ice. He's a leader. He's vocal. Um, I know they they paired him with Josh Dome when Josh Dome came. Uh, signed his contract after the end of the NCAA season. So Adam Cracknell is going to be a really, really nice addition to that Henderson Silver Knights team. And it'll be good good for the, the young guys, too, to have that guy there in addition to having Craig's leadership and then having with basically – and I don't know if he'll be the captain because that's right now uh, Braden Pahal's role, but we don't know if Pahal may get an opportunity with the Golden Knights, so there may be a position there for if Pahal stays the captain there in, in Henderson. But – but Cracknell certainly will put probably wear an A, I would at least at least at that. But uh, I thought this is interesting. The last quote here, and I always thought this was interesting for for longtime Vegas hockey fans to kind of get this feel in him. He says, "There's some unfinished business here after losing in the ECHL finals, the Kelly Cup finals, his final year with the Wranglers, which was in 2008. They did lose that year uh, in the finals. Uh, I'm really looking forward to just getting back and hopefully winning the Calder Cup with Henderson. So that would be again cool for him to, if this is the last stop on his." his tour 
<laughs> so to speak, then maybe can cap it off with winning a Calder Cup uh, with Henderson since he wasn't able to do it really early on in his pro career when he was with the Seahawks. Is that allowed? Is that... For Vegas hockey fans, it's kind of a cool, is, cool thing. Is that allowed, though, really, to win the Stanley Cup one year and the Calder Cup the next? <laughs> is that really allowed? It doesn't have to be. There's going to be, gonna be people be that are going to be pretty well, angry at the city of Las Vegas if that happens. Well, people already <laughs> people are always angry at the city of Las Vegas. What I just say, eh, tough, you know. Anyway, well, we're running we're yeah, running long as always, but I, I do want to ask you real quick. Um, so, how's the salary cap situation in Vegas? Because that's always the talk. How are they fitting under the well, cap at this moment? Well, they're not. They're over the cap at the moment. Uh, I say that they're over the cap, but they're but technically, they could be under depending on what they do with Robin Leonard. If they if 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 and that's I, I would seem that the way that the way they're doing because they signed Howden to almost two million and the seven hundred seventy five thousand and obviously they made the big the, the they had to get rid of Riley Smith, but then they they signed uh they signed um, Barbashev. So uh, right now I think they're they're a couple million over, but if they if they're gonna LTIR Leonard for another year. Then I think right now they're still under, and like I said, they still got to sign uh, Patera. But I think that could be an AHL thing, so that may not affect them too much. And and I think everything else is pretty much um, done for signing wise, but unless they get somebody from outside. But Kelly McCrimmon has said that they probably aren't going to get anybody from outside. Well, uh, what about Phil Kessel? He's on that unrestricted yeah, free agent list. He coming back to eat hot yeah. dogs? Yeah, Phil Kessel's still an unrestricted free agent. I. I I don't see them re-signing him. I don't. I, I just don't think there's there's going to be a, a re-sign of him. I don't. I, they they may be able to, but uh, the they don't really have a lot of space. Like I said, they have a a little bit of room, I guess, if they, they end up L T T N I R uh, Leonard. But but well, they, if you don't know, I'm going to have to go to Cabo and ask a couple of guys I know down there. I don't think they know either. <laughs> I don't think they know. Um, you know, it's. I mean, I think it kind of showed when they didn't really play Kessel at all right. in the postseason yeah. that you know, kind of his role was kind of be diminishing a little bit. Uh, he was he it was valuable with his leadership and and having that cup pedigree and stuff, but his production maybe wasn't as of what it once was, and and uh, so I think he brought stuff and he was obviously played the whole regular season, kept the Ironman streak in, intact, and and had his moments, but. Uh, his production wasn't as good. Then they started getting healthier, and then the additions they made at the trading deadline. It just seemed like his role was was diminishing. Well, with, with if he decides to hang him up, um, having the Ironman streak, which will never be touched, by the way, and also uh, three Stanley Cups, he's doing okay. And, and even though he didn't play in the postseason, uh, the streak does not account for postseason games, so people understand that. So that's why the streak will still be intact uh, when he plays next season, or if he if he doesn't play next season. so. All right. You got to take it away, my friend, or we're going to be out of time. I guess we didn't have time to talk about uh, the Galchenyuk situation. Yeah, well, that's a whole other story. And we, I don't really, you, you know me, I don't like getting into the negative stuff, but Alex Galchenyuk has got some problems. Uh, was released from the Arizona Coyotes and is now in a treatment program with the NHL, NHL, NHLPA. Yeah, he's, he's in the assistance program with that. Uh, obviously, he... Um, there was some behavior there with with what happened in uh, in Arizona. A lot of it was alcohol related, but still, uh, you have to be responsible for your actions. But it's uh, unfortunate for that because uh, Galchenyuk was was going was going to go back there. But of course, 
he was uh, arrested uh, July 9th and and uh, hit and run, disorderly conduct, all that stuff. But uh, we just hope that everything works out for Galchenyuk and and gets the help that he needs. And and I thought it was cool. He put out a couple statements on Twitter. He put out one about uh, apologizing and, and say, you know, situ- and then I think he put out a secondary one apologizing to the uh, the Scottsdale Police Department and and the folks that you know for for what he did and stuff. And and that you know that he's checking himself into this player assistance thing to to kind of get the help that he needs. So I thought that was a very commendable on him to do that. Absolutely. Take it away, my friend. Kind of a sour way to end the, end the show. but Well, yes and no. I mean, uh, it is what it is, but it's also good that he stepped forward immediately and accepted responsibility and is getting the help that he does obviously need. Yes. From the Summer Skates to the Pro Hockey West Report brought to you by Summer Skates. Go to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on Summer Skates banner for personalized shower shoes and koozies for you or your team. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Become a Caesars Rewards member and get the most out of every stay at Caesars Resort. By Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson. Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins. Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California. And Finley Toyota in Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Cater your next party or office lunch with the best of Las Vegas barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. T-Mobile. Get a new iPhone 14 on us. Go to T-Mobile.com to find out how. Uh, FedEx, the official delivery company of IcetimeHockeyWest.com. The Pro Hockey West Report and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and is available for at all of your favorite podcast platforms. Search ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows. Help others find us. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. I want to mention one other thing. This Saturday here in Vegas, it's the Battle for Vegas uh, softball game between Team Riley Smith, Team Max Crosby of the Raiders. Uh, tickets, I think, are sold out, but they're, I think they've released some so people can go. Uh, I decided I'm going to brave the elements. Which is like, <laughs> Coming out of the hibernation. You're going to brave them. So, they're going on the, on the field to play softball, and you're going to brave them to watch it. Yes, from what they're going to allow. Uh, I think we'll be allowed on the field to interview some of the players during the before the game and leading to some of the home run derby. Then we'll get off the field but and watch it from above. But um, hoping to get some interviews from that. We'll see what we can get from that. Uh, Riley Smith, they, they expect him to be available. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say, obviously, since he's been traded and everything. And obviously still – Make sure you ask him about Hawaii because he was there. So This is – this is his. Uh, this was his thing, putting this together. Uh, this is the fourth year of this that they've been able to do it. Obviously, they couldn't do it a couple years during COVID, but uh, it's a great thing. It's usually a, ch- a couple charities benefit from it, and and it's a great to have the kind of the two pro teams. There'll be uh, players from like Aiden Hill, uh, Nick Hague. I think even Dylan Coughlin's going to come back and make an appearance and, and play for Team Riley, and and then some of the the Raider players that are going to be with Max Crosby and his guys and. Jose Canseco is even going to be, uh, again, a part of this. And uh, and they're going to have a home run derby, so I can only imagine who might be favored in the <laughs> home run derby. I'm going with Riley Smith. <laughs> and, and, that's a tie, and that's a tie, too, because, of course, Canseco played with the yeah. A's. And, of course, the A's might be. Yeah, okay, we're going to run out of time. We're going to get turned Vegas, off. So. <laughs> we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Hello, New Day. Good night, everybody. <laughs>